Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. Potential for nuclear war, corruption, out of control economics. These are but a few of the pending problems America is facing. Welcome to this edition of Crosspoint. I'm your host, Mark Taylor. Today, we're looking at a new book called The New World Order, written by Terry James and Pete Garcia, both who have a background in the study of Bible prophecy. Well, we have with us again here on Crosspoint, Terry James, along with Pete Garcia. Terry has put out his new book called The New World Order, Worlds in Collision and the Rebirth of Liberty. Very interesting topic there. And Terry, it's good to have you with us again. And, you know, I look here at the book and right in chapter one, you just start out with the first conspiracy. So what would be the first conspiracy that maybe started all of this? Well, of course, uh, the first conspiracy to create a different world order than God uh, wanted, of course, that was uh, Satan. Uh, He wanted to uh, change the order of things, and he's still working toward that end. So um, I guess you'd say the new new the conspiracy, the first conspiracy was when Satan uh, interfered with God's order, and uh, of course, uh, man fell and so forth. And from that, uh, the whole uh, the whole matter of sin came upon the world, and uh, we progressed to where we are today. I guess in the prologue of the book, you talk about you know this new world order and and what it is: the worlds in collision, the rebirth of liberty. And you say it covers in depth the unfolding actions, reactions, and interactions of humankind within the realms of physical, geological, and uh, spiritual. So you try to bring all that together to kind of show us where we've come from, but what's driving us to where we're going? Right, exactly. And um, again, it has never changed. The devil is at the center of all this. He is an instigator from the very beginning of all of this. Uh, the fall of man and so forth, and the first world order, of course, was was um, the order that God created uh, with Adam and Eve, and everything was perfect. And then, of course, man fell. Uh, Eve and then Adam uh, partook of the forbidden fruit, and uh, then that was the fall of that order. So man began his own world order. Then far uh, got farther and farther away from God uh, near the antediluvian times. The times of Noah and all of this, and then that uh, order was uh, was of course brought to an end when God said enough is enough. He seen all the evil that uh, he could stand, and he actually repented that he had made mankind, and uh, so he decided to start over again. Of course, nothing takes God by surprise. We don't understand that. That's a finite concept, uh, infinite concept. That's a finite mind. Why did God? allow all this to happen if he knew it was going to happen. We don't know all that. No. We just know it did happen. So um, that that order came to an end with the flood. No sooner had Noah and his family and uh, landed on uh, the mountains of Ararat and uh, proceeded from there when the land dried up, and men began to uh, proliferate and so forth. And pretty soon there's another order came along, and that was, of course, uh, the order and then upon the plains of Shinar, and mankind came together. They were all together as one. And so um, they decided uh, they were going to have order their own way, not God's way, as he as he directed. Got farther and farther away from God. Nimrod, of course, uh, uh, the, became the leader. And uh, he built a tower and all that. 
again, God saw that it wasn't good. I mean, that's not the way he wanted it. And uh, man's heart, like like in the days of Noah, was on evil. So he came down and he tore up the tower. He scattered the nations, the languages, and so forth. So that's, a, that's another world order that uh, God had to bring down. And then, of course, uh, we come on into modernity, and we see see that man has done the same thing, basically. Uh, we have the days of Peleg and all that, when even the continents had to be broken up. But now, uh, you know, this thing called uh, called uh, first the new the UN, the United Nations, came on board after after the League of Nations failed and they tried to create another world order. The next thing, the United Nations tried the same thing and came on. And uh, ever since that time, mankind has again been building toward uh, doing things his own way. And so uh, we're going toward uh, the world order that's going to come uh, when Antichrist establishes, uh, on behalf of Satan, uh, establishes another world order. And that's what this book's about, basically, is a new world order, uh, at least uh, part of it is. And uh, that's going to happen uh, for seven years uh, Man's again going to get his way to some extent, and then of course uh, God is going again going to have to uh, to tear that order down, and and then Christ of course will come and establish the perfect order again, and, uh, restore the earth, and uh, that's basically what the book's about. It's a coverage of the whole fall of man all the way through what's going on now, with most of it dealing with um, with issues and events of our times, showing where we're going as a, as a people and um, why God is displeased with uh, what's going on and uh, how things are being handled by mankind that's taking us into a the most terrible time in all of human history, Jesus said. Yeah. You talked about the telltale signs. You know, there's you believe there's an impending collapse of the Western civilization that's, you know, showing all around us. Everywhere we look, There's seems to be danger just waiting to upend centuries of civilization building, isn't there? Well, yeah, that's that's the way it always is. Whenever man gets away from God, uh, the father he gets away from God turns his back on God. God says he finally turns people over to a reprobate mind, which means upside-down thinking. That's Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 28. You know, because you turned your back on me, God said, basically... I'll turn, I'll turn you over to a reprobate mind. In other words, a mind that can't even think clearly. And if we look at what's going on just in our country today, with the leadership we have, uh, we can see that any decision made seems to be upside down. I yeah. mean, uh, everything, everywhere we look, it looks upside down. Uh, can't be any clear thinking come forth. Well, man, man is basically, again, in this nation and the world, of course, too, but... The United States is the apex nation of the world uh, with regard to uh, the most technologically advanced and so forth. Of course, Israel is God's chosen people, but America has been more blessed than any other nation in history, materially. And uh, so I think we're seeing manifest uh, because we are that that nation that has been most blessed. We're seeing a, a definite uh, manifestation of what happens when you turn your back on God when even our leadership cannot think straightly. Uh, and uh, well, we can get into some of that, maybe. Yeah, well, you know, you talk about this general departure from common sense thinking. This, you know, we're upside down. And, of course, it causes all kinds of confusion. How do we, are we going to, 
going to deal with uh, big, big threats that are out there, and they seem to be multiplying every day. Um, is this part of the layout maybe where why America is not really, to some, they say, in Bible history or in prophecy? Oh, well, I think so. I think that's a definite uh, I think a definite fact. Now, some people think that maybe the, the, the mystery Babylon of right. um, Revelation chapter 17 or 18, 18 in particular, might be America. And I'm not so sure it's not, but then I can't definitely say it is. But um, I think that, uh, of course, uh, America is not mentioned by name. And uh, Israel and a few others, Babylon, uh, Egypt, and a few others are mentioned. But uh, America is not mentioned, which means that uh, it could mean that, uh, you know, we're no longer in existence. I I personally believe that the United States will be, will still be around uh, following uh, the rapture of the church. I believe that, uh, I believe that uh, America will still be here, but certainly it won't be America as we know it. It'll be America that's been assimilated into probably the new, the the European world order that's coming, you know, the the revived Rome. That's my own, that's my, my own thinking about it, but yeah. Uh, all of this shows us, uh, you know, Jesus uh, knew the beginning of, from the end, of course. I mean, the end from the beginning. And um, nothing is taking him by surprise. He should tell us there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and not just general wars and rumors of wars, but really spectacular wars and rumors of wars. Well, World War Two, World War One, were spectacular wars. And um, and rumors of wars, what we have right now, the greatest threat of uh, probably nuclear conflagration, um, and all of you, even, even worse than the worst times of the Cold War. And we have leadership that don't seem to know what, even how to deal with it. And so that makes it more dangerous. And um, so, but still, America's still here. And I've been hearing of um, there's going to be economic collapse at any moment. I've been hearing it for decades. Yeah. America's still here. And uh, I think I know where that comes from. Uh, we'll talk about that some if you want to. Sure, sure. Well, maybe this has got something to do with it here. And, and I've heard about this before, but you talk about it in Chapter 4 of the book, the times of the Gentiles. What are the times of the Gentiles? What does this mean? Well, the times of the Gentiles is a time that God is no longer dealing with Israel. Um, he gave Israel up. Um, he, didn't, he didn't give them up as far as calling them not his nation anymore but for the time being because they were they were blind he given he's given a spiritual blindness that they could not as a nation as a people see that uh, that Jesus was the Messiah so he gave them up he, he, he let them have their own way and and he's put them in uh, he's put them in a kind of a blind spot and individuals of course my great friend Zola Levitt of course was a messianic Jew and I've got a lot of other messianic messianic Jew friends but for the most part, uh, God is, uh, you know, it says in Romans chapter, let's see, I can't remember what, chapter 11, I think, that he has given them up, and that the times of, it's going to be that way until the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled, and we believe that time of the Gentiles is when uh, all the non-Jewish people of the world, um, all that's all going to be saved, will be saved up to that point, in other words, we'll accept Christ, and then, uh, and then at that moment, uh, the rapture will occur, that's what Many of the seminaries, uh, fundamentalist uh, seminaries teach, and I believe. And when the rapture occurs, well, that times of Gentiles will be fulfilled, and God will again begin dealing with the nation Israel. And that's what the tribulation is all about, is to bring out a a remnant from Israel to be his chosen people. 
And so the church will be gone. That is all born-again pe- people, whether Gentiles or Jews, that saved during the during the uh, age of grace or church age, as it's called. And when the rapture occurs, well, those people will be gone, and God will be- begin bringing out the Jewish his, his Jewish remnant uh, for his nation, Israel, to be uh, the, the head nation uh, during the millennium. And at the same time, a huge number of Gentile believers who will populate, repopulate the uh, the millennium near the millennial area era, uh, that time when after Christ has returned physically to Earth to set up His kingdom. Yeah. Now, you was just talking about you know why America is the way it is right now. Chapter five of the book, you say, with the end of the American dream on the horizon comes the inevitable rise of some new form of government or global government to fill the vacuum left behind. So then you say down a line or two, so what has prevented this new global order from emerging thus far? So what do you, what is it, do you believe? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit says in Second Thessalonians chapter two, that uh, God will restrain, he will restrain evil. The, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, the, second, the third person of the Trinity, uh, indwells each believer who is saved, and that uh, Holy Spirit, he will uh, indwell believers, as he is now during this church age, this age of grace, and he will restrain evil to some extent. And uh, he's certainly doing that. I, I can see it every day. I can see a lot of restraint. I can see a lot of derision. It says in Psalm, Psalm chapter 2 that God says, I will laugh them derision, to derision because they want to throw off the bonds of my governance. And uh, and so he will have them in derision, and he certainly has. They have not been able to bring the United States down. Now, the United States is an apex nation, as I said. And uh, the in order to get the new world order established like they want it, like the globalist elite want it, they have to have American assets. They have to do away with America's autonomy, do away with uh, national sovereignty. And so they've been doing their very best. You see how they come against uh, uh, Trump, who wants to make America great again, he says. And uh, they've come every way they can against that. They've got, to, they've got to bring America down so that they can, number one, have their assets. And so that uh, uh, America has been the biggest holdup to, uh, to establish a new world order the new world order they want. They haven't been able to do so because God has not allowed it. He will not allow it, I I believe, until the rapture of the church. And I have a specific uh, scripture in mind where that is very much uh, in my mind, and we can talk about that. Sure. We'll go about it after this break because, you know, I'm kind of believing the same thing along with you on on this Uh line of thinking. So, folks, stay with us, and we're going to be back with more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the Programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor, your host. My guest, Terry James, who along with Pete Garcia, they authored this new book, New World Order. Now, Terry, you've written 30 books or more on Bible prophecy and, and other areas there. 
46. 46, my goodness. So <laughs> yeah, if people wanted to know I'm more I'm about... 80, I'm 81 now, so I'm 81 80, now, wow. so I've been around a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done a good job, and this New World Order book is a great one, and you've gotten a lot of other ones that we've talked about in the past. Tell people how they can go about finding out more about this book. Well, you can uh, you can go to uh, our website, rapturating.com is our major website. You can go there. You can go to my blog, which is terryjamesprophecyline.com, and you can see all my books. And, and, and of course, Pete's in this one, and he's in another book or two. And and uh, you can find out all about them there. Uh, go to Amazon, and, and you know, you just put in my name, and you'll probably see all the list of books that, that's under my name. And um, my publisher is Defender Publishing, for the most part. I've done them with... I've done everything from with Pen, the Penguin Group in New York to um, to Harvest House uh, mm-hmm. to to others, you know. So, but my latest is Defender Publishing. Yeah, and uh, so you can find Defender Publishing probably online too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, now let's pick it up from where we were talking there, just before we went to to the break and stuff, and uh, kind of give us a little more in depth look at what we were talking about. Okay, now. I want to tell you something that uh, people who know me, who know the website and everything, I wrote a series of articles late 2010, early 2011, uh, December. I wrote about 10 articles, and I called it Scanning a Fearful Future. And I just felt really led to to address this series of articles. I write I write two columns a week on, on our website, uh, you know, around 1,000 words each, uh, and uh, and this was a, this was a series of articles, and I called it "Scanning a Fearful Future." And I wanted to, and God, God, I think wanted me to write this. The Holy Spirit did, and I did it. And um, at the end of that, um, in, uh, I finished it probably in let's see, February, I think, of uh, 2011. Well, in, in April 22nd, a Good Friday of uh, just before um, Easter. That year, I had a what? I had a uh, widowmaker heart attack. I was out here where I work out regularly, always have, still do. And um, I came in, started having indigestion and so forth, real bad. I thought I'd just uh, get over it because I never had any health problems, other than being I'm a blind person, as you know. Mm-hmm. But other than that, uh, I never had any health problems. And uh, so it got worse and worse. And I told my wife, Margaret, I said, you're going to need to call 911. She knew something was wrong when I said that because I don't even like to go to a doctor. Well, they came out and they tried to find. They said, "I can't find Pulse, the guys." When they got here, and so said, "We need to get you out, get you out of here." And can you walk to the gurney because the living room was kind of cluttered and so forth? So I said, "I guess so." So without a pulse, I went over to and got on the gurney and and off we went. The hospital was a couple miles down the road, and when as they were pulling me out of the van, I, I heard this blip and uh, like a computer blip or some mm-hmm. kind of electronic blip. And all of a sudden, I was in front of this huge crowd of young, adoring young people. They were beautiful young men and women uh, in their 20s, looked like. They were cheering and jumping up and down. And I, I didn't know where I was or anything else. Well, pretty soon, I, I was starting to go. They were bidding me to come to them. I started to go to them, and uh, everything started turning black again, being blind. The guy, I heard this young man say, I had to hit him. He said, uh, I hit him with the paddles, and I said, I said, what paddles? Yeah, he said, the defib paddles, your heart stopped. Well, I said, okay. And so I went, they took me in the gurney on down toward the cath lab, the uh, 
catheterization lab. And uh, and so I did it again, the same thing. I heard this blip, and I was in front of that same group of young people who were cheering up and down. And they were bidding me to come to them. And, and uh, it lasted a little bit longer that time, but everything started turning black again. And I was again, again on the ta- on the cath lab uh, cart and table. And, uh, and uh, then it happened one more time. This time, uh, when my heart stopped, uh, I was in front of these young people again, I was, and I was with them. We were running. We were running a race. They were. It was wasn't like a race. It was like a victory lap. That their hands in the air, and uh, we were headed towards some goal. I didn't know where. And uh, and uh, then uh, I said, I don't want to leave this place. And I had this one young woman that looking over at me, and she was smiling, and had her hands in the air, and I could tell by what she was saying to me was in her mind was saying, "Isn't this the most wonderful thing?" And I was thinking to myself, "It sure, it sure is." I don't want to leave here. And then, uh, but everything turned black. I was back on the cath lab table. They had put a stent in my main main artery, and the doctor explained it all to me. And he was a doctor that just happened to be the best in the state at this kind of thing. He was giving a lecture in this little hospital of ours to a group of doctors, and he just happened to be in the next room, and they called him over. Uh, no coincidence with God, of course. Right. And so um, I haven't had one moment's problem since then, but what I'm, I said all that to say this. God has shown me through that whole event, that whole thing. He was um, he was confirming what I had written in this series of ten, ten articles, scanning a fearful future. The bottom line of that is that that whole thing is that the number one prophecy that is most effective for this time, the most important for this time, is Jesus' very word, a word from the Lord himself. And it's uh, Luke 17, verses, uh, uh, verses 28 through 30. That like it was in the days of Lot, not Noah, but like it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be. They'll be buying, selling, they'll be building, they'll be planting, they'll be marrying, giving in marriage. But the, the very day that Lot went out, it'll be just like that, Jesus said. The very the very day Lot was taken out of Sodom, uh, judgment will fall. And that's what God has confirmed with me through this, through that whole thing in my mind, my spirit, that what I was writing there, he had given that to write. And I believe that it's my belief very strongly and haven't changed that we have become just like Sodom, uh, Mark. Uh, you can see that if you see the way when you have when you have even the government and even teachers unions and things agreeing that it's okay to do all of these wicked things like uh, transvestites and all this stuff, uh, demonstrations in front of five-year-old children. Uh, one, even, one even said that it's okay for, for to have sex with five-year-old, uh, that sort of thing. And when you have this kind of thing, it's, that's even worse than Sodom in my my mind. Yeah. So we are like in the days of Sodom, just yeah. like Jesus said. Yeah. And the moment, to, to God believe, the moment the church is taken out, I believe this is what God is showing me, the moment God, is, uh, God takes his people out, where well, the judgment's going to begin falling, <laughs> and go into the, this, the world's going to go into the tribulation. Now, America's nobody special. We deserve judgment more than any other but we are also i think the the typical uh, we typify i think what the days of sodom are like because we we have we have we've had the most gospel light and yet we've turned our back on god to the point that we've allowed these they call them woke i call them uh, broke or something but uh, we've allowed these people to bring our nation into a sodom-like uh, configuration 
And I believe God's about to say enough is enough. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just I write articles for newspapers, and I just wrote one this morning that said, have we surpassed Sodom and Gomorrah? Good, good, yeah. Uh, you know, so and I, you're I'm you're just, getting the same. You're getting the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to believe that we have. I've just never seen such gross, gross, un, unbelievable things that I see as news stories coming across my desk on uh, yep. here now. It's, it's unbelievable. So, hey, you know, the, these progressives, liberals, globalists, uh, they seem to be obsessed with, you know, bringing this kind of an ancient paganism into our modern technology. And this is all, I guess, in order to go what they call the Great Reset, isn't it? Yes. Yes, that's what they want. You know, the World Economic Forum and Carl Schwab and uh, Klaus Schwab and, uh, and uh, that Harari, uh, Euro, mm-hmm. uh, Uri, what's his name, Euro? Euro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Harari is his last name, and he's a, he is an anti-God from the word go. He would... He would be my choice for maybe the false prophet, or going to be maybe at some point. He's a young guy, and and he's totally again. He calls Christ a big fake and all this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, and um, they they want this the great reset. Well, and they're going to get the reset. Yeah, uh, they're going to get the reset, but it's not going to be what they think or what <laughs> what the what the world will like. And um, of course, Antichrist will be at the the helm of this thing. Yeah, and you believe that this new world order now, this world economic forum that's involved in all this control, we're just like just in the pre-flood time, just like it was in, in Genesis. We're just we are there at the days of Noah, because as in the days of Noah, as the Bible says, uh, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. So we know that, and so we are right there, aren't we? We sure are, and I think more specifically, you know. The days of Noah and the days of Lot are, are pretty much uh, given together there yeah. by Jesus, and and yeah, we're definitely. I think as America, we're in the days of Lot. Yeah, Sodom. Yeah. Now, uh, seven chapter seven of the book is called the Luciferian Agenda, and you say two hundred currents are presently channeling this increased obsession with globalism in our new world to, in world today. Uh, the first is the spirit of Antichrist, which you call that Luciferianism. Uh, and that has stirred up an increasing frenzy uh, state of wickedness. And then you talk about uh, today's form of that is what you believe is called secular humanism. Is that right? Yeah, actually, yeah. I guess you could call it modernism. And the, and the, it's just it's just a completely complete turning away from uh, from God's governance. And you know that's what Satan has always promised. You know, you can be like God. You can be a buddy promised to Eve and Adam. You can be as God, and if you know if you you can you don't have to do what he says. You do what you want. Do what's right in your own eyes, and uh, and that's that's what mankind is. Uh, I mean, that's what mankind is trying to do. So, uh, the farther away we get from God, and I will tell you something else. Uh, you see this typically in in this whole. Um, Technologies, new developing technology called AI or artificial intelligence. Uh, you know that that's something they promise. Even even those who are pushing this say that eventually mankind is going to be able to meld, you know, with the, this technology and become superhuman. And even if it's going to even um, introduce uh, longevity that uh, that will almost mimic um, 
uh, you know, um, eternal existence. Uh, you know, a man can go on living forever, at least uh, uh, intellectually, uh, through melding with this machinery. Well, that, that's simply Satan again promising man that he can be like God, and that's what he wanted. He He's promised himself that he is going to put his throne above the star of God, and, uh, and he's going to... Uh, and he promises mankind the same thing. Of course, it's all lies. He believes he's going to be the, you know, the top, uh, the God, and everybody yeah. else is going to be his servant. And he wants to destroy mankind too. But to, but here we see through this artificial intelligence, and, and I'm telling you, it's, it's frightening. It is. Even some of the creators, <laughs> the, the creators of this technology, are scared. Yeah, and yeah, and they should be of of what yeah. it can do and everything else. Now, again, here before we go to this break, tell people how they can find out more about this book, the New World Order, and other books that you've done. Well, I think again, go to RaptureReady dot com, uh, RaptureReady dot com, or you can go to uh, uh, Terry James Prophecy Line dot com, and it has all my books on there and then how to get them and so forth, but. Uh, either one of those uh, RaptureReady.com is one of the largest Bible prophecy websites alright well folks uh, stay with us we're going to be back with more talking on the subject of the new world order in just a moment there's a lot of folks who don't know the Lord who don't know him in their way changing lives on 91.7 the word Christian radio changes their hearts it changes their lives and changes their families one life at a time that's a great reason to support Christian radio and the community you're listening to Crosspoint, and I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today is Terry James, and Terry, along with Pete Garcia, have put out this new book, The New World Order, and uh, it's talking about worlds in collision and the rebirth of liberty. Tell us about the rebirth of liberty. Well, th- that's kind of an interesting, you know, I, I can hear the worlds of collision in collision, but <laughs> the rebirth of liberty, explain that a little bit if okay, you could. Okay, yeah. Okay, we were talking, you know, at the beginning about how the we're talking about the different uh, world orders, you know, uh, the Genesis and, and uh, Noah, the destruction of the earth then, and, and then uh, the days of Peleg and, and uh, Nimrod and all that, and then uh, all of this period we're in right now, building a new, trying to build a new world order, so another world order, and it'll be destroyed, that, that order, when Jesus Christ comes back, Genesis 19, I mean, uh, Revelations, Revelation 19 and 11, Jesus comes back, that's the end of that order. He puts it into it at Armageddon. He lands on the Mount of Olives along with all uh, olives, along with all of the believers uh, who have died over the over the centuries, and um, and he will establish uh, another world order, and that's going to be the millennium, one thousand year reign of Christ, and we see that in, in the books of Revelation twenty twenty one, chapters twenty twenty one, uh, right in there, and um, talks about how. Um, you know, there'll be a thousand years of peace on earth with Christ ruling as a king of kings and lord of lords on a, on a pristine, refurbished pristine earth. When Christ put, put, touches, touches down on the Mount of Olives, it says that the whole Kidron Valley will split right down the middle. The, uh, the Temple Mount will split and be raised topographically, topographically to be a huge, giant mountain upon which will set the Millennial Temple, uh, the temple that Christ himself will build. And uh, the whole world will uh, will change and start uh, becoming like it was in the days of uh, the Garden of Eden. 
and it'll be a wonderful, wonderful time. That is the rebirth of liberty because Christ, you know, it says that Jesus says, and the Bible says about Jesus that uh, uh, if, you, if you know him, if you believe in him, you're free indeed, and that's liberty. Jesus gives great liberty, but it's all because the minds and hearts of men are changed and they want to obey God. To disobey God is to be to invite chaos and total world disorder, but to to obey God, to accept His Son Christ, to change minds and hearts. Well, that uh, that is a that is indeed a new world order, a uh, a world order that uh, that we can all look forward to if we if we know Christ for salvation. Yeah. Now, in the page ninety four ninety five, you talk about the long game. You Give us some dates here. You talk about 1913 onward, nobody paid much attention to creeping but steady pace in which the government bureaucracies were growing during the 20th century, but grown they've done. And then you go to the bottom of the page and go over to 95 here, and it says these were the power brokers whose names Wood President Woodrow Wilson feared to say out loud in 1913. You say these are the military-industrial complex types that in his final address in America in 1961, President Dwight D. Eisenhower warned us would come. You said these are the uh, ruthless conspiracy that President John F. Kennedy bravely tried to shine the light upon the same year, and these are the same overwhelming presence that break down democracies yep. that Ronald Reagan warned about in 1982. Mm-hmm. So that's... Well, you know, I, I just recently, you know, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has thrown his head in the ring for the Democrats. Correct. You know? Now, um, even he says, you know, and he, he believes very strongly, if you've heard him talk, interviewed, he believes very strongly that the CIA was in on the assassination of his uncle. That really surprised me yeah. that he would come down that strongly. And then you know, he even said he was he was they were responsible for the killing of his father too. He believes that, and certainly uh, you, we can see how this so-called deep state has been so instrumental in trying to uh, trying to bring this country into configuration with what the globalist elite want. We've seen that, haven't we, Mark? And yeah. and uh, and, uh, and they're still doing it. You know, our CIA, our, our governmental uh, uh, clandestine services, uh, uh, they're, they're not on our side, I don't believe, anymore. No. No, you're right. You're right. Now, you talk about also in here waving a false flag. You say one of the most powerful tools the globalists have is to use in recent decades is a form of the psychological warfare. It's called the false flag. What is the false flag? Well, a false flag is just, I think, um, you, you cause one incident, you, you do a, you cause a phony incident so people will look over here while they're doing something else over there. It's a sleight of hand type thing, really. And uh, we again, we've, see, we've seen that. I think we see that daily. Uh, without getting too political, I think we see that the daily, uh, recently with regard to the Hunter Biden, uh, uh, you know, trying to take, the, uh, take deflect things from him by by increasing uh, activities. Uh, for example, example uh, threat uh, the threat nuclear war by sending. Uh, in other words, the headlines change. You know, for political reasons, they they will be refocused somewhere else. That's a false flag. They want you to look at this flag over here, this thing happening over here, as opposed to what's really happening here. And uh, it's just to know, it's almost like a old shill game in gambling, you know, or something. Uh, 
it's uh, they they want to they want to deflect uh, the attention so that they can and and the deep state the the so-called deep state which is nothing but the globalist elite worldwide uh, they're very good at this they're good at uh, putting up false flags. Now chapter fourteen, this kind of plays into this. You know, we you've talked about confusion. Uh, then you you brought up in this part of the book. Uh, you talk about UFOs and the government's official definition of that, and you talk about clearly present UFOs have been common knowledge. And then you say now that the government of the world have officially recognized their existence, you can be uh, bet that this information will be used in future to muddy the waters surrounding the rapture of the church. Tell us oh, yeah. about that. There's no question of that in my mind, and I think Pete's too. Now, Pete, did, Pete wrote a lot of this book, and... Uh, he did a fabulous job, but we were in agreement and everything. One thing we agree on, I think, is that uh, this is going to be part of the big lie of Second Thessalonians chapter 2, when the church disappears, millions disappear off this earth. And let me tell you, Mark, I believe this with all my heart. There's not going to be one little little child, there's not going to be one child below the age of accountability. That's what right. on this planet, including those just conceived in the womb. I don't believe there's going to be a one left. That's going to be major chaos like nobody could believe. Yeah. They're going to have to have an answer for that. Well, you know, in chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, it says that Satan and his minion, Satan and his his armies, you know, are kicked out of heaven. They, they fight against Michael. They're defeated, and they're kicked down to heaven. Say, woe be unto the inhabitants of the earth, for he comes down and he's angry, you know, and he's, uh, he, he's full of wrath. And he's uh, this is when... I believe the Antichrist sits in the temple, and he 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 has a deadly head wound, and but yet he is somehow miraculously revived. And I think it'll be a false resurrection. But when Satan is kicked out of heaven, uh, you know, and all his minions, he's coming down to earth. I believe that's when he's going to indwell this Antichrist character. He's going to look to uh, arise from the dead, and uh, then from then on, it's just the, the, the second half of the tribulation just horror, Jesus said, beyond anything that ever would was or would be again. Well, here's the thing about this UFO thing. It says that the false prophet in, the, in this this image of this beast is set up in the temple uh, and caused to be worshipped by the whole world. It says the false prophet creates miracles. I believe that when Satan is kicked out of heaven, it's going to be right there where the false prophet uh, inside of all the worshipers, all the world, probably cameras and everything else, is going to be able to perform a miracle, calling fire down from heaven. And I believe that that's when Satan and all his hordes come down from heaven. Jesus said, I saw lightning, like lightning fall from heaven. And I believe that's going to be when they come down, and there will be all kinds of UFO-type things, lights coming down, and the, and the false prophet will declare that uh, that... You know, our space brothers have come to help us get through all of this uh, this trouble that we see and everything, and they come down to help. But I think they're going to declare that they, they have taken the people off the planet, even the babies, to re-educate them, to help them grow, to understand what's going on. It's going to be a big lie like that, I think. It's going to be part of it. And uh, that, that's my, my thinking, and I think Pete's thinking, too, on that. Now, another part of the book there, you talk about, you know, what emperors and kings have tried in the past to conquer the world, which has been in vain. You talk about, furthermore, uh, could there even be more completely controlling the territories that they have conquered? 
what would be the difference with this final government is that through these totalium policies uh, being put into place today, along with the rapid advances of, the, you know, we talked about it, artificial intelligence, that the final B system, will that be able to control everything with 100% efficiency as everything just kind of convenes together? Well, I don't. I think the Antichrist is going to have a whole lot of trouble holding things together. I don't. Yeah. It'll never be a complete, a complete control of the world. Because, for example, it says that you know, tidings out of the north and east shall bother him. The Daniel says, the Book of Daniel says, and it says that in in the Revelation chapter nine and chapter sixteen, it talks about how the kings of the east come to a dried up Euphrates river where demons are underneath the river, and they're prepared for an hour. They inhabit a 200-million-man army that comes across the dried-up Euphrates River. Well, that, that army destroys one-third of the world's population at that point. And so Antichrist can't control that. That kind of thing is going to worry him. Well, they're, going, they're all going toward Armageddon, see. They're all headed toward Armageddon where they're going to fight this thing out. Antichrist forces uh, the kings of the east... Uh, this massive, from East Asia, this massive force. And I believe, of course, I believe from my heart that China is going to be the king of the kings of the East. And um, and they're, they're solidifying their control of there right now. They want Taiwan and all this and all of the parts of the Orient. And they're going to come to Armageddon to, to fight it out. But they're going to, instead, they're going to, Christ is going to come back at that time. And they're all going to turn, join forces to try to stop him which is the ultimate uh, in foolhardiness. <laughs> yeah. Now, in the epilogue of the book, you say perhaps no such indicator other than Israel being at the center of the developments is more compelling than the matters involving this world economic forum. You say this global gathering is bringing all the elements of developing a new world order into being. So what we've wondered about for years, how they're going to do it and who's going to be involved, this is the catalyst they're going to use, the new Absolutely. world order. And that, 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 this is kind of the cherry on the top of the, the ice cream as far as prophetic progression is concerned. Uh, and, and, you know, in other words, we've seen all these things developing over the years and, and just... And just in the last couple of years, the last months, it just it just progressed, as you said before, you know, so quickly. You see yeah. so many things develop so quickly, and uh, and so this this bringing together of all these nations in order to perform this ultimate rebellion is is just is, is just phenomenal. It shows us right where we are, how close we are, must be to the rapture, because Jesus said, remember what Jesus said, Luke twenty one twenty eight is recorded. When you see all these things begin, that word begin is important. We've been looking at it begin many, many years now. When you see all these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head for your redemption is drawing near. That's Jesus coming back. Yeah. Now, in this book, um, you know, it's a pretty good-sized book. You, you've researched it quite, quite well. Um, this all is boiling down to the fact that, Terry, do you actually believe, you know, like I'm beginning to believe that we've surpassed Sodom and Gomorrah, where that area now of our our world, uh, could it be that this Antichrist is now on the scene, doesn't know he's the Antichrist yet, but we're that close into this <laughs> happening? Yes, that I, the, that I, I, I really do believe it. I, you know, I, I can't point any, I know... I have friends who really know, think they know who it is, 
but I can't say that. Uh, I don't think we will know until until the church is, until he signs that covenant and the church will be gone at that time. The believers, you know, of the current current believers will be gone at that time. Now, I do believe we can see, you know, some candidates, uh, right, possible right. candidates, because we see we see some of these world leaders that uh, that kind of fit fit that kind of mark. My yeah. own personal thing is he's going to be about the same age Jesus was when he began his ministry. Yeah. That's my thinking on it. Yeah, and I've heard that before. Uh, others say the very same thing that they yeah. they will believe he'll be in the in his thirties there, you know, early thirties. Come ahead, this come on the scene suddenly. I think out of a sea of uh, of all these uh, these globalists. Yeah. So before we go here again, tell people how they can find this book, the New World Order, and other books you've done as well. Where where do they need to do that at? Well, you can you can go to Amazon and look and just write in my name Terry James, and if you want to look at this particular book, just put in Terry James, New World Order, and uh, it'll take you right to to the book if you want that one. And, and also, uh, while you're going there, you know, looking through Amazon, well, it shows a lot of my other books too available. So uh, that's one way to find them. You can go to RaptureReady.com or TerryJamesProphecyLine.com. All right. Well, Terry, thanks again. Uh, maybe we'll get to talk to you again on some new books you've got out there. Oh, great. I look forward to it, uh, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Good interview today. Uh, Terry James, always insightful into what's going on in our world, especially in the world of prophecy. Terry gets all that information from the book I have in my other hand right here, The Holy Bible, God's Word. And that's a Bible that everybody needs to know about. I mean, there's a lot of these books that are good. And you can learn a lot from them. But you need to know this Bible. You need to know what it says because it's an inspired words of God. So this Bible is never outdated. It works for everybody. People want to follow it. They can find the road that will help them uh, go through life, lead to eternal life as well. Because the Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read or ever be following. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. And make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime on. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083. Are you a Christian who likes to read? If not, there's a whole world of Christian publishing out there that you're missing out on. I invite you to check out the Author's Corner podcast where I talk to the latest Christian authors each week about their new book releases and what's coming next. So if you're ready to jumpstart your spiritual growth with the newest books and the authors who write them, check out the Author's Corner podcast with me, Roberta Foster.